0: Good morning, Gold Avenue Church, and friends, this is Pastor Gina, and this morning we are going to be looking at the text from Luke 1, starting with verse 67. So if you want to open your Bibles to Luke 1:67, I want to remind you that we are in our Advent season looking at who Jesus is, and so as we opened the series, we looked at how that God's word, not one word from God would ever fail. And so we're looking at this familiar story of um, the background and the developments of Jesus coming to earth. We're reading familiar stories, but we believe the Lord is just giving us insight into this familiar story with new understanding of um, the good news, the very good news of who Jesus is. And so um, we looked at Jesus as the son of God, the um, one who comes as in the fire beside us and helps us through these fiery trials that we endure. We um, heard last week from Pastor Jalisa that Jesus is Lord and how that um, he is the one who is the good Lord and we are his servants and just how um, personal He is as a God who protects and is good and provides for his people. This is who Jesus is. And today we're going to be looking at who Jesus is as the horn of salvation. And so as we get ready to read this passage of scripture, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the context. Um, The Holy Spirit has um, come upon Elizabeth, Zachariah's wife, and she prophesied about um the the child that Mary had in her womb and um then um Elizabeth herself was expecting in her old age, which was a supernatural miracle, and Zachariah, the the um father who was a priest had been um silenced until that baby John was born. And so baby John was born to Elizabeth and Zachariah. And um, at the time of John's birth, they named him what the angel had said this child's name should be is John. And um, immediately after uh, John's name was revealed, um, Zachariah was able to speak again and started praising the Lord. And so this is the context where we're going to pick up The message this morning and before we read the passage i want us to pray and so would you pray with me please lord i thank you that um there is no limitation that you can't overcome lord i thank you and praise you that in our weakness that you show yourself strong and lord i thank you that um where we get discouraged that you give us hope eternal hope in you, Jesus. And so I pray that you would open our eyes, that you'd open our ears, that you'd open our hearts, and Lord, that we would be encouraged today in your word and strengthened because you are strong. And so meet us, Lord, I pray in the preaching and the hearing and the responding to your word. In Jesus name. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So Luke chapter one, starting with verse 67. His father, Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, which means he brought a message from the Lord. And I want you to notice what he talks about is not first his own son, but he talks about the Son of God. He's prophesying about Jesus and he says, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. So I'm going to do something that I don't think I've ever done before in preaching, is that I'm going to try to describe a science fiction movie that I watched with my family recently, and that's not my genre of um, movies. Actually, I don't even really like to watch movies that much, but um, as it was, I watched Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1, and it was titled The Marshal. And so um, for those of you maybe like me that didn't know anything about The Mandalorian, um, The Mandalorian has this little Jedi baby. It's kind of from the Star Wars era, and he's going through the galaxies trying to return this baby to the Jedi. And um, the Mandalorian has—he wears this Beskar armor, and it's as strong as any armor in the universe. And so, in this episode, he went into this semi-deserted town, and this semi-deserted town—it was kind of like an old Western, except it looked like a desert. And um, this marshal was in this town and this town was just um, just about being killed off by a cryat dragon it was this thing that came um, under the under the sand it would sound like a stampede was coming into this little deserted town with just a few people and animals still living in it and um, under under the ground you wouldn't see anything but you'd start to hear this roaring sound and then all of a sudden this thing would come up out from under the sand and um, look like a big uh, whale or something coming and biting down on some animal or poor person that happened to be in the road and then would submerge back under the sand and go back to its hiding place in a um, cave in the mountains. And so um, the town was was, um, being devastated. They were living in fear of this dragon. And so... um, the storyline, in short, was that the Mandalorian, this um, person wearing this Beskar armor, um, helped rally all the people and some of these other creatures that lived out in the desert. And they go and they try to entice this creature, this dragon, to come out of his cave. And his only vulnerable spot is in his underbelly. And so these poor people are and creatures are trying to. Throw swords and different things to detonate and try to um, kill this creature and he it's not effective and they're all getting um, eaten up and swallowed and it, it's a kind of a uh yeah a violent scene in any way um and so the Mandalorian himself goes into the belly of this cryat dragon and you and it's silent for quite a long time and then all of a sudden there's this explosion and the they called it the Leviathan, the dragon was blown up and the Mandalorian um was alive and he saved the people. And um <clears throat> so as a pastor watching the science fiction, somehow the Lord used this fictional movie to encourage me, because any time that we're feeling weak, we all celebrate a strong rescue. And any fiction um, story that has any merit, it, it's going to represent in some way the greatest story of all time, which is not fiction but true, of the rescue of our God, um, who comes to save His people. And this is what the Christmas story is all about. And so, um, I'm, this passage is so rich, but I really want to focus on this little phrase of the horn of salvation. And um, Jesus, Zachariah, prophesies by the empowering of the Holy Spirit that God has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of the servant of David. This is the only place in the New Testament that Jesus is referred to as the horn of salvation. So we have to look back in the Old Testament, and in the Old Testament two times, God himself is referred to as the horn of salvation, in 2 Samuel 22:3, and also in Psalm 18:2. And it's where God saved David from his enemy Saul. And Psalm 18:2 says this: "The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God." My rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. And so when Jesus is being referenced as the horn of salvation, we see the connection that Jesus is called the horn of salvation. God is called the horn of salvation. God himself in Jesus is coming to save his people. And it's a progression. Jesus was introduced as the son of God, he's their personal Lord, and also out of that relationship of Jesus with his father comes this image of strength. Strength flows out of that relationship, and it flows for the good of others. And so, when horn of salvation, you might notice in your footnote, this is a reference symbolic of a strong king. And Pastor Jalisa helped us understand that if we have a strong king who is good, if it's good, if he's your king, (laughs) because he's going to be your protector, your defender, your source. It's bad um, for the king's enemy because the strong king kills off all the other enemies. And so it depends on whose side you're on. And so um, God, who's our God, is our king, our strong king. He's our Lord, and he protects and he defends us. Um, and so similarly to this Mandalorian coming in and being a rescue and helping the people, God himself sends his son Jesus as the horn of salvation, the strong king who will rise up to redeem, to save, to rescue in a very desperate situation. And so the implications of this for the Jews who are hearing this is that they're reminded that their covenant God hasn't forgotten his promise. It references Abraham in here. There was an oath and that God is coming with power and victory to save and deliver them just like he did King David years before. Jesus is the horn of salvation. Horns are strong. And I learned this lesson when I went to the sheep farm um, a couple of years ago. And I was with the shepherd, and I was being kind of a farm assistant for a couple of weeks to learn about this. And I was with the lambs and I was with the ewes. And after I had been there about a week, um, the shepherd said, Let's go out to the ram field. And rams are male sheep that are mature. And so we went out to see the rams. We rode in a pickup truck. We pulled into this very large pasture, and we went over a hill and down into a valley, and there were the rams. And as we parked our pickup truck, we rolled down the windows a little bit, and all these rams with these great big horns surround our truck and me not being real familiar with animals especially large animals um I had a holy fear of what the all, all strength and energy these huge animals with these big racks and um and we're sitting there and talking for a bit and she says hi fellas hi boys how are you doing today and she's talking To the Rams and anyway, and then she opens up her pickup um, truck door and swings her leg over and jumps in the back of the pickup and she throws out some bales of feed or whatever that she needed to give them. And she gets back in and she looks at me and she goes, you know, Gina, they could break your leg with that horn. It wouldn't take them a second to break your leg. Well, then a little later we left that field. And as we get to the gate, um, she says, can you hop out and open the gate and then lock it behind us? And I'm telling you, I was looking over my shoulder. Like, are those rams staying over there with that feed? Like, they're not following this truck, are they? I don't want to get out of this this truck if that ram with the big horns is, is anywhere near me and could break my leg in a split second. <clears throat> so... I learned a lesson about the strength of horns and then I was doing a little bit more research about horns this week. They're stiff and they're tough and um some research I read said that um your long bone in your leg is called your femur and that they're as stiff as your femur and that a horn would withstand six times the force of what it would take to break your your femur, your long bone in your leg that a horn could withstand six times that amount of impact or pressure. So when, you know, Dodge, I think it had, like, Ram Tough, and they showed these pictures of animals, the males, knocking horns. um, There is, like, the horns are so strong, and they use them against their enemies, or they use them to show who is the dominant, who is the strong one. And so... um The horn of salvation, the strong king, the ram, lamb, the ram who would have these horns that are so strong that could take out somebody in a split second. These horns are also referenced in the Old Testament as the horns on the altar, Leviticus eight fifteen describes the altar. You remember the sacrificial system where people um <clears throat> needed a way to pay for their sins, but they couldn't pay. And so Jesus set up the Father set up a system where they would bring animals for sacrifice. And rams were often sacrificed as um guilt offerings for our the people's sin. And so this altar, this flat Table on each corner, the four corners would be horns raised up. Um, the wood would be raised up as a, in the shape of an animal horn, and then overlaid with metal for strength. The horns of the altar, and the priest would take the animal that was going to be sacrificed, and it would <clears throat> cut it and drain the blood and would apply the blood of the animal to all four of those horns and then pour out the rest at the base of the altar. Those dabbed horns with blood were to indicate purity and to make atonement, make payment for the people's sins. And again, the imagery of the strength that's needed to pay for sin. The strength that's needed for salvation. The horn of our salvation. The ram lamb himself, Jesus Christ, laid down his life on the altar cross. If you remember, Abraham and Isaac in the Old Testament were going to worship the Lord. And um, Isaac asked, well, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide. And there was a ram in a thicket. And the ram was sacrificed in worship. And it was a picture of what is to come when Jesus would come as the horn of salvation, the ram lamb, and would lay down his very life. As a payment once and for all for the sins of the world. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. For those that would repent and believe on him, this gift would save us from our sins, save us from certain eternal death, and give us life. Jesus is the horn of salvation. And I want you friends to think about this, that Jesus would come and he would have such strength And he doesn't use those horns against the people. He uses his strength of love to keep a commitment that he had made a covenant of everlasting love, of kindness, of mercy. Jesus would use his strength when he comes to have enough self-control to lay down his life, to be that lamb, to be that sacrifice to pay for our sins. He doesn't turn the horn on us that repent and believe and take us out and kill us like we deserve because the wages of sin is death. He takes his strength and he allows himself to be killed on a cross, to be laid on an altar once and for all, to pay for sin, to kill the enemy, actually, is who he turns his horn on. So when you think about the horn of salvation, the strength of this ram-lamb Jesus, he uses his strength for our good to give us salvation and the gift of eternal life and to live in a kingdom, in his kingdom, where he provides and he's good and he gives us everything that we need, and he gives us good purpose. And all that's left for us to do is to praise him and proclaim him every moment of every day. And he takes his strength, and it's bad news for his enemy and our enemy, Satan. And like the mandolin, <clears throat> Mandalorian who goes in and gets victory over that cry dragon, In real, true life, Jesus rescues us from Satan, who the Bible says is like a prowling lion looking to kill and steal and destroy, and he turns that horn on the enemy. The horn of salvation represents the strength and the power and the victory of the kingdom of God. And the implications for this, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for you? It means that Jesus is a strong King who can rescue us from our enemies. What have you been facing? What has been like that kayak dragon that's been coming? You hear the stampede coming and you feel like something's coming to swallow you up. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's fear. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's, I don't know what you're facing, but this week's been a week for me. (laughs) You know, when you just go, this has been a week, you know what it means. This has been a week. And Jesus is the one, if we turn to him, he's the strong king who can fight our battles, who can bring rescue, who can bring peace instead of distraught, despair, is turned to joy, mourning, is turned to rejoicing. He is the one who brings that transfer. It's the strong, strong horn of salvation, Jesus Christ who rescues us from the enemy. And he's the ram lamb who went to the cross to pay for our sins. Have you turned to him? Have you received this gift this free gift of salvation when he laid down his life this strong act of love on your behalf have you received his salvation and maybe you need to be reminded again of how good of a gift this is that this is a promise of life not just for now but there is absolutely nothing that can cause us to fear because in our weakness he shows his strength In this past week, last Saturday, actually it was, I had been praying with um, a a friend whose husband had come down with the coronavirus. And um, this wonderful couple out in California had welcomed me into their home and provided a place for me to stay while I studied a a class on the, the gospel, preaching the gospel, And um, Kenny had become a Christian in his middle ages. Um, He didn't know the Lord until he was an adult. But he and Bev accepted Jesus as their Savior. Their lives turned around. They told me the story of how Jesus had saved them, how he had saved their marriage, how he had changed their children's lives. And um, Kenny loved the Lord. And Kenny sang in the choir, and he played on the church softball team. And Kenny wrote poems. And Kenny gave me a whole folder of poems, and they were all about his relationship with God. So I'd been praying with Bev because Kenny got COVID, and then she had also gotten it, and she was getting better, but he was getting more weak and had to go to the hospital and then in the step-down unit and then in the ICU. And then he was struggling to breathe, and so um, Kenny himself gave permission for them to put him on the ventilator. Bev was asking people to pray, and people were praying all around the country. And Bev asked the doctor because the doctor called and said, Kenny is not going to make it. His kidneys are shutting down. He's not going to make it. And she said, Doctor, do you know Jesus? And would you please go in and would you pray with my husband? I can't be there, but would you pray with my husband? And that doctor said, I sure will. And Bev said, I know that will give Kenny strength. To face whatever he's facing right now. And then Kenny died a few hours later. And I was sad. I was really sad. And as I listened to Pastor Jaleesa's message last Sunday, I just was so encouraged to think about the Lord. And the one who comes to redeem and that he saves and he protects. And he protects us long beyond this life. If we know Jesus. And then we sang the song after a song of response, crown him with many crowns. And some of the lyrics say, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon the throne, who died eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die. And those lyrics, that Jesus lives, that death may die, just, oh, they stuck with me, and I just kept thinking about that, that because Jesus is alive, death dies, and so Kenny lives, and um, his faith is now sight. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says, Christ took on human nature, that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who, through the death of through the fear of death, were subject to lifelong bondage. Christ took on human nature that through his death that he might destroy the devil and all of his works. Jesus is the horn of salvation. And John Piper, in reflecting on Jesus is the Horn of Salvation. He said, if I could have a Christmas painting, he said, I'd have a huge Christmas painting. And it would be at dawn, and it would show the hill, and it would show the cross. And there would be the silhouette of this strong animal with this big rack. The Horn of Salvation would be mighty. And at the hanging, dangling at the end of one of those horns would be... A huge dead lion. Friends, that's what this Christmas season is about. This is who Jesus is. Jesus is the horn of salvation. Jesus is the one who has destroyed the work of the enemy and is putting all things under his feet and gives us hope that when even when death comes that he will be that one That takes us through the valley of the shadow of death. And he's prepared a table before us. and there is a feast coming. And there is life after this. And Jesus is returning. And creation will be restored and made new. And all things will be right. And Zechariah prophesied before Jesus even was born while he was still in his mother's womb. And he said... He has raised up a horn of salvation for us, salvation from our enemies, and from the hand of all who hate us. Friends, this is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.